Alongside Seth Goldberg, I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Thursday edition of Orange Nation. We are brought to you in part by Duntire. You know the number by now, 315-437-7644. Two guests lined up for you today. We're going to speak with Ava Wallace. She's a college sports writer for the Washington Post. We'll have her on in about 15 minutes from now to preview Syracuse and Georgetown this Saturday. Then at 1245, our good friend Steve Andrus from 4for4.com. To talk some fantasy football, everybody well into their playoffs by now. Uh, we'll get Steve's advice as we head into week Not fifteen. Everybody. Well, unless you've been eliminated like you, um, I happen to be still alive, so I'm curious to hear what Steve has to say about a few things in particular. I, I, I don't normally ask him personal questions for but my for my own fantasy. To I am going to ask him of a course. personal question okay. uh, as it relates to Frank Gore um, coming off that. Tough game in Buffalo, got a lot of work, and now a short week for Frank Gore. Curious to get his thoughts on on whether or not I should start him. But uh, all your fantasy advice coming your way uh, at 1245. And then hour number two, wide open. We want to hear from you at 315-437-7644. You can also watch us on Facebook Live. We've got this new Orange Nation sign that we're I d- showing I like off it. today. I like it. Courtesy of my father. Well, he bought that for there. us. So thank you, Dad, uh, for providing us with that sign. I did watch the show back, some of the show back. I didn't sit there for two hours last night. I did watch some of the show back last night, Seth. Um, I'm Italian. I know I talk with my hands. I was surprised to see exactly how much I talk with my hands (laughs) during the show. So I'm going to try to tone it down today. Um, It's not going to be easy for me. keep going. It's not going to be easy for me. don't, don't, Don't worry about it. We're, we're a radio show that, that streams live, so just do whatever you do. I talk with my hands, especially when I'm passionate. I'm I not talk Italian, with my hands. and I talk with my hands. I was talking with my hands a lot yesterday, so oh, it well. was when, as I watched it back, I said, you know what, I need to tone it down a little bit, so I'll, I'll try to do that today for those of you uh, watching us on Facebook Live. Here's a question to start the show with, Seth, and I, I thought about this as I was driving over here today. Is Syracuse-Georgetown still a rivalry? We, we keep saying, you know, the old Big East rival, you know, renewed uh, on Saturday. Syracuse heads down to D.C. to take on the Hoyas. Is this thing still a rivalry, in your opinion? Meh. Yes, no, it can be, sure. Uh, why not? Uh, I, I don't have any problem with calling anything remotely close to a rivalry a rivalry. I'm not like a stickler for it, so Sure. Uh, but no, not really. Uh, I, the blood's not boiling. The the uh, it, it doesn't feel like a, a big deal. It doesn't feel like something that's uh, you know a a, a a hated matchup. You know, it, it doesn't feel like it's got that fire that it used to. Uh, you know, even going back to that final year in the Big East, and, and I know that people probably said that it it almost ran its course, and you know by then, but. Uh, I still remember going to the game, and, and it was a big deal to camp out for that Georgetown game when they were coming into the Dome and Otto Porter ended up lighting them up, and then the same thing happened down in Georgetown, and you were hoping that Syracuse could get that one back, right? Like You were hoping that they can get that one more in that last meeting, and they ended up getting it, but it feels like it's dropped off so much from even then, uh, You know, let alone the days of the mid-90s, of the mid-80s, 
not no. It, it doesn't. It doesn't feel special. It doesn't feel like a rivalry. It's it's any other December game at this point to me. You know, I, I would love to see this game be played on the the quote unquote bye week in February. I would love to see that happen. And there are ways to do it because teams do it every year. Uh, but it doesn't look like we're get, ever going to get that. There are so many reasons why this rivalry has fallen off, right? I mean, and we can list them off. The the characters have changed. Obviously, Big John Thompson is gone, and the Alonzo Mornings and Patrick Ewings but, and the guys that you can relate to, the guys that you hated. But are, it stayed are gone. in the family, though, didn't it? It was it was Eshrick, it was JT three. Now it's Patrick. Like it did. Like it changed, but it didn't. But there was there was something about Bayheim and and Big John that made it a rivalry, right? And we talked about this the other day. They did not like each other. Like, genuinely did not like each other. The two teams genuinely did not like each other. Both teams were always very good, and that is no longer the case. Georgetown has obviously fallen off quite a bit. They are no longer in the same conference. There was so much on the line uh, back in the 90s when they would meet. It was generally for a league title, a regular season league title, or a higher seed in the Big East tournament, or, or whatever it may be. And all of those those reasons are gone, and all of those factors are gone. And so I get that the rivalry has fallen off. I get that it will never be like it used to be, as long as they're not in the same conference, and they're not going to be in the same conference anytime soon. I will ever say this, again. though. Ever again. You would think. I mean, ever you know, ever is a long time. You, you know, down the road, will it ever happen? Again, probably not, given you know football and the way college sports are these days. They're not going to be in the same conference. Pro- you're probably right. Probably ever again. So I get that it'll never be the same. But if I pose the question to to you like this, Seth, and if I said, like, if ESPN was putting together a rivalry week and everyone had to have a partner, who would it be? Would it be Syracuse-UConn? Would it be Syracuse-Pittsburgh? No, I think would Georgetown it be is more than UConn. Would it be Syracuse-Duke? Would it be someone else? Because when See, you pose it like yeah. that, when you pose it like that, I think it's Georgetown, even though I agree with you that it's not the... The animosity is no longer there. They're they're not in the same conference anymore. But when push comes to shove, like I'll give you a personal example, okay? I went to Ithaca College. Very easy who Ithaca's Cortland. Is. It's yeah. Cortland. Okay? But if I go back to my days at Bishop Ludden, right? West Hill was always very good. We were in the same league. We were always fighting for divisional titles or whatnot. So do you to- not get along with Pauly? Um, well, I mean, Pauly's Paul. I mean, how can you not get along with Pauly, right? Um <laughs> well. You know, they're a mile up the road. It, every year we, we played, it was, you know, a lot of times we'd see them three times. We'd see them two to, twice right. during the regular season. We'd see them in the playoffs. Okay, that felt like Syracuse-UConn, okay, because they, they were always so good. We were always so good. We were always playing for league titles. Bishop Grimes kind of felt like Syracuse-Pittsburgh to us, that, you know, they were they were just annoying. All the games were close, and, it, you know, no disrespect sure. to Bishop Grimes, but it was like, you know, they were hard-fought games and, you know, physical, and, and they always went down to the wire. But at the end of the day, it was it was CBA. It was it was Ludden CBA was Syracuse Georgetown, and even though CBA was not in the same league as us, that was the game that the night before when we're practicing and we're about to you know go our separate ways and, and break the team huddle before we you know head home the night before the game. That was the game that Coach Donnelly would say we do not lose to these guys, right? Right. And so even though time has passed, and and now you know Ludden CBA is a big deal again, and and they do tend to play twice every year. And but, but when I was in high school, it was once every year, but it was still Syracuse. Georgetown. It was still Ludden CBA. So even I guess my point is, even though time has gone on, and it feels like Syracuse Duke is the biggest game every year on the schedule for the Orange, 
in terms of the rivalry, we know Duke has North Carolina as its main rival. Right. So and it I, would never be that. And, you know, and, and so this year, we, we see that UConn is on the schedule. We right. see Georgetown is on the schedule. Yes. And Duke is on the schedule. So which game, if you're ESPN, you're putting together a rivalry week, which game are, are you, which opponent are you partnering SU up with if during I'm, rivalry week? If I'm ESPN, I'm, pun, I'm partnering them with Georgetown. Because Duke has UNC, and and it doesn't matter how great Duke Syracuse games have been, will be, will ever be, because that is never, ever, ever changing. Because you know, I went down there for the trip, and I was staying in a hotel. And if I turned left out of the parking lot and drove three miles, I was at UNC. And if I drove turned right on the same street and drove four miles, I was at Duke. Right? Like so, that is never, ever, ever changing. Those are those are the rivals for each other. Uh, then you're then you're deciding if it's Georgetown or or UConn, uh, and and the question becomes which one do we have more fun footage of in our vault, right? <laughs> and and you have to say that there's more fun video of Syracuse Georgetown. The story's better, right? right? I mean, the you, story you brought it up be- yesterday exactly. with Manly Fieldhouse is officially closed. The story is better. Manly Fieldhouse is closed, and and. Uh, uh, oh, I'm Fans throwing oranges against the backboard punching, uh, and John Thompson the getting thrown at, yes, throwing at, the chair at, the press conference. At, at the garden. Michael Graham the punched my player. Yeah. Yes, Andre Hawkins gets you know uh, Pearl swinging it at Patrick Ewing. I mean the, the Patrick story, back. The story is better, right? Yes, yes, the story is there. But today, right now, 2017, 2018, it's not that. And part of that is because they're not in the Big East anymore. Part of that is because they're not. You know, playing each other twice a year, always after the Super Bowl, plus a Big East tournament game, right? Like that, that plays Georgetown's into it. Georgetown's not good anymore. But that, 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 that was what factor. I was going to say. Yeah. Georgetown's not good anymore. Yeah. And and I know that they've beaten Syracuse each of the first uh, the, the first couple non-conference meetings, but they're, they're not good. And, and I think that that plays such a huge role in it, right? Because when did Syracuse-UConn heat up? Right? When, when UConn was when UConn a got top five good, team. Right. right. When UConn was good, that was a rivalry. And same with Pittsburgh. When Pittsburgh was good, that was a rivalry. Uh, you know, and and when Georgetown was Georgetown just so happened to be really, really good first. Right? Like when you look at Georgetown, Pittsburgh, Syracuse. In the and, Big and East. UConn. I mean, Syracuse did go but to the Final Four in 75. But you know what I mean. Yes. I, I meant out of the rivals. Okay. Georgetown, UConn, uh, Pittsburgh. Yes. Which one was good first? Georgetown was good first. So they made those memories, they made those inroads, they made those moments first, and then they've carried over because Georgetown happened to stay good longer. Pitt's had its flashpoints. UConn's had its flashpoints. They now all stink. So, which one is still a rival? I don't know, but none of them are good anymore. My point is this. Could this be the rebirth? Patrick Ewing now head coach. Maybe. Hoyas are 8-0, and again, we don't know how good they are. They've played an easy schedule. And I'm not saying the rebirth is going to happen Saturday, but could this be the beginning of... Kind of bringing this rivalry back. With I won't Ewing know until and they it, play some good teams, right? And if if George and we may not know for a few years right. if Georgetown is actually good over time, but could this be the rebirth? We'll ask Ava Wallace from the Washington Post next. Keep it here. Orange Nation just getting started on ESPN Radio. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Stephen Seth back with you on a Thursday edition of Orange Nation. Phone lines now open at 315 437 7644. It's good to hear from Ava Wallace, and, and she provided the Georgetown perspective on this 
quote-unquote rivalry. And uh, I, I said that in the first segment. It feels like this is a bigger deal to Georgetown than it is to Syracuse. Uh, and uh, and Patrick Ewing echoing those thoughts. Yeah, because they didn't get anybody new, right? Like, like Syracuse moved and went to the ACC, and they got like this cool new thing where, wow, now they're going to play Duke every year, and they're going to play UNC every year. And, whoa, they might actually beat Duke sometimes, right? Like, Georgetown didn't get that. They lost all the cool stuff in, in their rivalry with, with Syracuse and, and and really being in the Big East. I mean, I know they're still in the Big East, but, you know, now they've got, like, Xavier and Creighton and Butler. Um, you know, they lost, like, the, the cool nostalgia stuff, and they didn't pick anything up. Like, are they really going to go be rivals with Creighton? You know, Do like, it's, it's just not the same. St. John's still on the schedule. I'm just I'm right, but, but Villanova obviously still but, on the schedule. But my point being, Syracuse got to keep like, no, the, hey, we've still got that rivalry thing maybe with Pitt. I was and, just looking through their schedule, see the what, what the other options are uh, for Georgetown. But, uh, but those were all my my, my, yes. my point being, those were all old. Like they've already they they've done all that, right? They've they've done Villanova for thirty years. They've they've played St. John's for 25, 30, 40 years. And nothing's ever come of it, right? Like, like you don't hear too much about St. John's Georgetown anymore. I mean, maybe in the in the 80s, right, in the 80s with Chris absolutely. Mullen and, sure. and Patrick Ewing. But it, it didn't seem like it grew after that. You know, uh, the one that really grew for Georgetown, from this perspective, of course, was Syracuse. Right? Syracuse was the one that hung on for all those years for Georgetown. And now Syracuse is gone. And unlike SU, they didn't get Duke. They didn't get UNC. They didn't get... You know the shiny new toy that they get to continue. There are so many reasons why this rivalry has—I uh, don't want to say—died off because it. I mean, it's it's it is still a rivalry, but it is a bigger deal to Georgetown than than Syracuse, no doubt about it. To so the phone lines we go. Dom in Syracuse, kicking us off today on Orange Nation. Hey, Dom. Hey guys, this isn't a rivalry; it's a novelty, is what it is. is okay. That's what it's turned into. Um, I don't think. And to your earlier question of who would be Syracuse's rival. It, right now, Syracuse doesn't have a rival. If there's one thing that it takes to make a rival, is time. Mm-hmm. Now, we lost our rivalries once we left the Big East. I mean, that was an instant hard cutoff on those rivalries. There's no more. There's going to be very few meaningful games. You're not playing in a Big East tournament anymore. And we haven't had the time to establish new ones. You can't just, you know, for TV purposes, well, you've got to – you know, they've got a backlog of material of SU Georgetown, so they're still rivals. It doesn't work like that. And they can't say, well, you know, you, uh, Duke's, uh, Duke's our rival. No, they're not. But I would like to make this point. Uh, uh, Seth, you were talking about this earlier. You're right. North Carolina and Duke, they're eight miles apart or whatever it is. They yep. are inherent rivals, just like Ohio State and Michigan are. Yep. But Michigan, but Michigan still has a rivalry with like Michigan State, you know, maybe it's not as intense, but they have that there. You know, maybe it may be a bit one sided where Michigan State thinks it's bigger than Michigan, but it's right. still there. And I think that is where, not so much with North Carolina, but with Duke, I see also see something happening with Virginia. Yeah. You know, if, if if Virginia can sustain, I can see something happening there. But as for old rivalries with Big East team member or Big East conference mates. That's become more of a novelty than a rivalry. Yeah, and that's a fair point. 
Um, I will say this: if Patrick Ewing can make Georgetown good again, like It'll if Georgetown again. is a top yeah. twenty-five team, and and Syracuse, you know, we expect Syracuse to be a top twenty-five team most years, year in and year out. If Georgetown can get good again with Patrick Ewing, I think there's a chance that this could feel like a rivalry again. But for Dom, great phone call. I mean, I, I think I think he's right on. I think it is a, a novelty at this point, but. Could this be the rebirth? I mean, we may not know for a while. I'm not sure Georgetown will ever be Georgetown again, uh, You know, especially not being in a Power 5 conference. But if they can be a top 25 team, it, it would feel like a big game if you know, right. it's Syracuse-Georgetown and you know both teams are in the top 20. But look, can't, can't they be Georgetown again? Because Villanova is still really good in that same novelty, not quite a Power 5, but not quite a group of 5 con- con- conference. Like, like they still let, could. let me ask you this. They, let me they ask still you this. Could. Do you see Villanova being Villanova once Jay Wright leaves? No, absolutely not. Okay. And so that's my point is that Georgetown fell off and I'm not sure they're ever going to get back. UConn is falling off. I'm not sure they're ever going to get it I back. Don't think they once will. Villanova yeah. starts to, and they haven't fallen off yet, obviously, and Jay Wright's a hell of a Fantastic coach. Fantastic coach. Once Villanova starts to fall off, in my opinion, will they ever get it back to that point? Now, can they be, you know, a tournament team year in and year out and a team that, you know, knocks on the door of the top twenty? Are they going to be a top five, like elite program like they are right now? Um, probably not. No, probably right. not. Once once you lose it, in my opinion, outside one of those Power Five conferences, I'm not sure you ever get it back. I don't think UConn is ever getting it back. I, I don't think Georgetown ever, is ever getting it back to that degree. That's fair? Fi- yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, I mean, look, they, they could still end up being you know a top 25 team. The, the Big East has plenty of teams that are you know in, in the top 25, you know, Consistently, I think they've got five teams right now in the AP top twenty-five. So you know, it, it's a decent. I don't conference. look at Seton Hall though no. as you know as no, like as, a legitimate title contender, right? But you know, you you can be that in the Big East. Uh, yeah, but to your point, if Georgetown were to get to that point and, and Syracuse were to get back to that point, look, let's not forget that uh, that half of the equation. Like, yeah, Georgetown's been really bad, but like Syracuse hasn't been great either, right? Like. These last two times they've played, you know, Syracuse has gone down to Georgetown as an unranked team, you know, with with their assistant coach as the head coach, and you know was was now an unranked team in the Carrier Dome. Uh, so let's not uh, sit here all high and mighty that Syracuse has been this great team over the last four years either. Uh, you know, they they've had their ups. They went to a Final Four. I was going to say Syracuse years. has been way more nationally relevant than Georgetown. I was going to say they, but and I understand that. And, and at this point, you need Georgetown to get up to the level that Syracuse is at. It's it's a level to to shoot at but if both teams were to be in the top 25 playing this game on saturday way bigger deal than it is right now back to the phone lines we go kurt in syracuse up next on orange nation hey kurt hey how's it going good how are you i'm all right yeah i just had a curious question like would it spark the rivalry back up if georgetown wins if georgetown wins this game on saturday yeah, no, the way I feel it's unlikely, but what if they do? <laughs> well, they lost last. They won last year and the year before. Yeah, I would say I would say potentially, and that's that's why I said at the top of the show with Patrick Ewing now as the head coach there, and they're off to an eight zero start. And if they quote unquote get good again, yeah, I think this could be a little bit of a rebirth. Now, will it ever turn back into the Syracuse Georgetown of old? Probably not. They are no longer in the same conference. They're not battling for you know Big East titles or conference titles, or they're not seeing each other three times in one year, twice during the regular season. Then they go to the conference tournament. That's that's never going to happen again. You know they'll play each right. other once, exactly. most likely moving forward. And and could it feel like a big game again if they're both in the top twenty? Could there be you know could it feel like there's a lot on the line? Could there be that animosity and 
Yeah, I think it. Yeah, it, but both schools have to get back to that. Right. Both and schools have to get back it, to being that good. I think there will good. be a plateau, right? I, I think that there's going to be. It's yes, never going to get back not, to where it was. Because you're not going to be playing in the Garden in March. Right. right? Like it, because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. I tell you what, you though, know, like like those games, those games that even I go back to. My freshman year in college was the last year of the Big East, and it mattered a lot because Syracuse had been number one in the country and was gunning for a top seed and was gunning for top positioning in the Big East, and they had to beat Georgetown, and they couldn't win either of them, and then they had to win that game. Like those games matter a lot more. Playing Duke matters a lot more than playing Georgetown right now because it matters in your conference. You know what would help escalate this thing again? Is if they played in the NCAA tournament. Oh, absolutely. And now the committee, you know, absolutely. obviously they're not in the same conference. The committee can do whatever they want with Syracuse and Georgetown. Yeah. So if they played, especially like a close game, a meaningful game, a you know, a Sweet 16 game again, in the NCAA tournament, that again, would help escalate things. But again, both schools have to reach that point. Understood. You know, so, understood. And again, so Syracuse is a lot closer to that abs- than Georgetown. Absolutely. I'm so, not. I'm not saying that they aren't, but there, there's room that. There's growth that both programs kind of. There's a step that both programs have to take. The step is a lot smaller for Syracuse to take uh, than it is for Georgetown. But there, there are steps that need to be taken uh, on both sides to to fire this thing back up fully. I think. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen after one game. But if Saturday is a close game and goes down to the wire, and if both teams turn out to be good, and if both teams are good next year, we expect Syracuse to be a top twenty team going into next year. But given what if everything. Georgetown's good too? Right. right. Then I think it, th- things start to escalate. And, and also, Steve, here, here's a serious thing that you have to think about: Does this continue after next year? Because next year is the last of oh, four. Oh, I think it will. Does, I don't know. I, I'm I'm just asking. Like I, I just don't know. And again, I would love, I would absolutely love for this game to be moved. Don't play it in December. Don't play it when there are no students on campus. Don't play it when nobody's paying attention on a on a Saturday afternoon. And I know there's no college football, but nobody's paying attention to college basketball, especially a game between two unranked teams. Play it on your ACC bye weeks. Play Syracuse isn't going to want to do that. They're Syracuse never going to do it. They're not going to want to do that. But do it. They're not going to want to add. They're not going to want to add a really tough opponent right in the middle of their really, you know, the, the toughest conference schedule in the country. They're not. They're not going to want to do that. You want a way to. You want a way to light a blowtorch to this thing. Put it back in February. What about putting it as your last game of the regular season yes. before the conference? Start? Same not, thing. It's not going to happen though. But it's the same concept. Yeah. Right. Understood. Hey, re- request the request the ACC every year that that's your quote unquote buy and play Saturday, the last day of the regular season. Play Georgetown. That's how you. That's how you take a blowtorch to this and light it again. All right. We're going to get back to this at the top of the hour. Quick break. When we return, we're going to talk some fantasy football with our good friend Steve Andrews from four for four dot com. Keep it here. Orange Nation rolls on right after this on ESPN Radio. Follow us on Twitter, ESPN Syracuse, ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1200 a.m. and 1440 a.m. Live from Armory Square, this is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Stephen Seth back with you on Orange Nation and Max as well. Apparently, I cut him short. He had... uh, few more things to get to so not, he just I'm didn't want to leave i guess not I so get up. Uh, max was having too much fun so Chair was comfortable max joins us for uh for another segment here uh so what didn't we get to uh little would you rather so you guys were talking rivalry games pretty much all day and whether this is a rivalry or not i want to go back to the big east about 10 years ago put yourself 
in a Syracuse fan's shoes as a rivalry. Um, Georgetown, UConn, arguably the two biggest, I think we can agree on. Yes? Yes. Which which loss would you rather take, a loss to Georgetown or a loss to UConn? When? Like now? Or? No, I said put your shoes, put, go in a time. 20 machine. years ago? 10 like, years I ago. I don't know. I don't. Well, 10 years ago, a, a loss to, to UConn would have been a loss to like a top five team. Right. So I would take that over over Georgetown. I'm if saying we're talking, no, no. I'm saying ranking aside. I'm saying oh. inside of you, which team could you deal with losing to more? I, well, to Seth's point about it being generational, I grew up on the the Georgetown rivalry. Like I'm obviously older than Seth, a lot older than Seth. Yes, I know that. Um, it, so for me, the it was Georgetown. It was you know I was I was at that game when they're throwing oranges against the backboard and I, you know and and John Thompson getting kicked out and and I I saw a lot of those games uh, in person. My family had season tickets for quite a while. So um, for me, it's Georgetown. Um, and and I would imagine for Seth, it's probably UConn. No, it's probably Georgetown. Yeah, yeah, probably. Uh, I know that like in my life, they haven't been as good. Uh, but yeah, it's probably Georgetown. Um, or it's you know it's, it's going to be the the, the cop out answer, but like it's it's a loss and like get over it and beat them next time. That's a total cop out. Um, can you throw Louisville in the mix anywhere here? Yes, I hate Louisville. I, I do too. Oh my goodness, I can't stand them. Hate them a little. I'm less. so happy. I'm uh, yeah, I hate them a little less now that Rick Pitino's not their coach. But I can't stand Louisville. Fair to say that Peyton a- Siva played for a decade. Yeah, well, yeah, like same thing can't with Scotty Reynolds back in the day for Villanova. He was there for like twelve years. Yeah, I I can't stand the Cardinals. I can't stand Villanova either. But Cardinals, I think for me and Seth, would you agree that I think Louisville is a bigger deal to me than than UConn? That's what I was just gonna say. See, it's different for Which me. Which is weird to say. Like, like we we totally overlook. Like, is Louisville Syracuse's rival? Like, we we totally overlooked that earlier. No, I don't think we did. I don't think they're in the conversation. Okay, they uh, might be now. And it, that's I, what I, I think. It's different for me because you know I've been working professionally in this town for almost twenty years now. And when you you know work professionally and cover a team, you're not, you're not, you're a, not a fan yeah. anymore. You're not you know you're so. I grew up as a fan of you know I grew up in this town so I was a Syracuse fan and when I was a fan Georgetown was the rival so I, I guess I don't look at Louisville the same way that you guys look you say do you hate Louisville I can't stand them I mean Syracuse and Louisville start you know things started to heat up certainly within the last twenty years I mean obviously right. they you know they weren't in the same conference for quite a while so I, I don't have that hatred for it was Louisville. pretty much when Patino took over I think yeah and started Absolutely. beating Bayheim right. on yeah. a consistent when they, when, basis when they got really good yeah yeah uh, so that being said. Steve, I think I already know your answer to this one. What's worse in your mind, a loss to John Thompson or a loss to Patrick Ewing? John Thompson. Yeah, I mean, again, it's not even close. How I is mean, it not I, even close when you watch Patrick Ewing? And he, that doesn't like leave some like salt in your wound, like just knowing that he beat you as a player and now might come back and beat you as a coach. No, again, because I look at it differently now. He, you know, I never followed the team as a fan when Patrick Ewing was throw a coach. Your, throw your professionalism because, out the no, window. Because first. Patrick I can't do that. Because here's just a guess: Patrick Ewing's not going to get up and crap talk Syracuse at his press conference after the game on Saturday. And if he does, I'll look at things differently. Okay, but until then, but, but John Thompson did right at every opportunity. I don't think that I. I don't think it is. Let's see the right way to word this. I don't know that it is smart to do. To handle your press conferences and throw shots the way that John Thompson did now as a young coach. And I don't know that Patrick Ewing will do that. No, but it's kind of awesome for a rivalry. 
if you want to talk about reigniting yes, the rivalry. it would be fantastic for the rivalry. It would also be fantastic for the rivalry for these two schools to, you know, take it seriously and treat it like a big event, but they don't, so. Well, why should they when Georgetown is not good? They shouldn't. This game means way more to Georgetown than it does to Syracuse. I agree. Yeah. I mean, you guys said it earlier. It's just that simple. Seth asks if they're going to continue the series past uh, next year. I, I I think they will. I I think it just it makes too much sense, and I think you want to keep Georgetown it's on the schedule. Like- I think you want to keep UConn on the schedule. I could do without St. John's. I know. Again, at one point, that was a big deal. No, and that's it's, a big deal because you get to go play in the garden. Yeah, I, I mean, so but, maybe here and there you sprinkle in St. John's, but it would be nice to keep UConn and Georgetown on the schedule um, if you can. It, you know, most years. All right, who would win in a game five on five? Georgetown's 1983-84 national championship team with Patrick Ewing at the helm, or not at the helm, at center, or the 2003 Syracuse men's basketball team. I mean, it is difficult to bet against that Georgetown yeah, team. Yeah, it really is. Um, and how know. how dominant they were and what a dominant player he was. And I know Mello was you know, special, and Jerry was special, and again, not a knock against them without... No, they didn't. No, no, no. O three didn't have Patrick Ewing. Yeah, right. Um, no, so oh. you keep coming back. To, and then, again, no disrespect to that title team, but I mean, they didn't have Patrick Ewing. They had Craig Forth. He could he could take him for five minutes, maybe. Has there been? And I, again, I'm just I, without thinking about this. I'm throwing out this question, and I'm sure you're going to come up with like five names. But has there been a more dominant player in college basketball like since Patrick since Ewing? I don't think so. You know, like even Shaq, like Shaq wasn't Ewing. No. Not even Anthony so. Davis was as dominant. No, as, no. And it's different now because you don't get a guy for four years. You get a guy for one if he's that good. Emeka Okafor? No. No, no. Not as dominant? No. no. My favorite story, I think it was that finals game or was it the Villanova one? When John Thompson was just like, hey, just, just go block everything. Like, I don't care if it's goaltending. Just go block everything for the first five minutes and it'll scare people. And yeah, they might get four or six points. But just block everything, like I that. Mean, like just impose your physical will. I was gonna say you said you use the word imposing. He might have been the most intimidating college basketball player of my lifetime. I guess. I mean, again, I can't go back to you know the UCLA days when they were winning all those titles and you know Lou Elcinder. Yeah, like I, was Jabbar more? Uh, was Will Abdul Chamberlain. Jabbar more more imposing than? Yeah, I, I can't. I can't go back to those days. Um, but in my lifetime, has there been a more intimidating? College basketball player than Patrick Ewing. Um, I mean, you can convince me otherwise, I guess, but I that's he's at the top of my list. I think. I honestly, I, like, are you talking physically intimidating or just? just the way I mean, just the, his whole game like, just, walks on the court and you're just like, oh my god. Just yes. the way he played, you know, the imposing figure, as as Seth put it, um, just the way he was able to dominate a game. Because um, I was going to say, Demarcus Cousins is a scary looking dude, but he is not as dominating as. Patrick Ewing was on the court, but if I walked on the court and had to match up against DeMarcus Cousins, I would be a little intimidated, I'm not going to lie. And I do realize we're running out of time on the show. I may have to, to look into this more tonight and, and try to come up with potential uh, answers, but I, off the top of my head, Patrick Ewing is the, the most dominating college basketball player I think of my lifetime. Would you say he was the most dominant? I would say player? the same, but he did not play college I basketball. No, I lifetime. knew you were going to go there. You didn't. You could have said, "I, I get it, Seth." <laughs> you didn't have to say that. What were you, what, what were you saying, Max? <laughs> say, is before he, we were rudely interrupted. <laughs> is he the most dominant Big East player of all time in your mind? 
Yes. I I, th- I mean I think so. Yeah. He is very he is uh, he's most likely the best player in the conference's history. Yeah. Right? Like I I, I don't know that they're like I, I just I don't know who you have a, a really legitimately great argument to say they they were better. Like Pearl is in the conversation, of course. Mullen is in the conversation, but like, but not dominant. Do, like you, right. wouldn't, you wouldn't describe like, those guys as dominant. They right. were special. They were great players. They were Hall of Fame players, but not dominant the way Patrick Ewing was. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think you're right. I think he's the most dominant player in Big East conference history. Does that hurt a little bit to admit, seeing he's a Georgetown no, guy? No, no, it doesn't hurt. It's uh, I think it's it's fact. But that was part of what made the rivalry great. Yeah. So we just need Georgetown to get another like player, Patrick Ewing, and Syracuse just needs another pearl, and we're we're set. That's it. That's, that's all. It. That's, that's all we that's need. All they need. That's yeah. all they need. All right, uh, Max. I cut you off uh, earlier. Am I? Are you done? Can we move on? Yeah, we can move on. Okay. All right. We got to take a final timeout. Wrap up the show right after this.